guys. Welcome back to Into the Light, a different life story. My show on YouTube and as a podcast with me, your host, Stefan Neff. Today's another fantastic day because I've got another great guest here on my show. I've got Jennifer Garman, a true warrior at heart, but a gratitude warrior. And I think it just shows that in life in order to succeed to thrive to not just survive you need to be a warrior but you also need to be able to look away from the darkness that you have been fighting and look into the abundance and the, the beautiful things around you with which without without which you would live such a restricted life it is strange and Jennifer's topic is really, really close to my heart due to my own history with PTSD and the, the darkness that, that followed for, through a certain part of my life when I did only focus on the darkness and fought the darkness rather than looking at the light, what we are here, what we are doing here, being going into the light of recovery of living a life so beautiful that drugs and alcohol have simply no no rule to play. So Jennifer, my hero, thank you very much for coming onto my show. I'm so grateful. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Absolutely. I mean, most young girls don't wake up one day and say, mommy, I gonna be a gratitude warrior one day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I've, I've made up my mind. No, that doesn't really happen. What did you want to be when you were a small girl? Yeah, I really took the roundabout way. I wanted to be a doctor. So oh. I knew that I wanted to help people, which has always been near and dear to my heart. But uh -huh. no, I did not wake up when I was five or six and say, <laughs> I want to be a gratitude warrior. <laughs> exactly. So so you wanted to be a doctor. So was school good for you? Did you did you move through the grades and did it would it have worked out to be a doctor? I actually entered college hoping to still pursue that path into pre-med. And um, it, as things happened, uh, organic chemistry and I were not friends. And that was the weed out class for pre-med. And at that point, I really started reevaluating, okay, do I really want to go this hard, arduous path where I may not make income for 10 more years? And it was at that point I decided that I don't have to be a pre-med major. I can always go to medical school and be any other major. Um, I may have to take another class or two. So I decided to switch majors at that point. And I switched over to computer engineering uh -huh. because the field at the time was very open. There weren't very many women involved mm -hmm. in it. And I had a very strong aptitude towards math and logic. So I decided that, you know, worst case scenario would be a solid foundation for, uh, a, you know, a career if I wanted to launch into technology, or I could use that to, you know, get myself into medical school as a differentiator. Mm -hmm. Cool. And that was obviously a very logical and, and a very productive way of thinking. Did life then interfere? Because uh, typically it does, isn't it? <laughs> it has a habit of doing that, doesn't it? <laughs> so I started off as a software engineer. Um, I worked for Hewlett Packard straight out of school. And I quickly realized that this was not my life's goal. I did not want to be a computer engineer. So I found a, a much stronger affinity over in the sales um, side of things. Um, I, I was drawn to those people much more than I was the, the engineer type. So 
So I kind of got pulled over onto that side of technology, but it still didn't feel quite right. It still felt like, you know, something was missing, something wasn't there for me. Um, I took a couple other, you know, pivots and turns and it was um, just by happenstance that, um, and I still hadn't gone to medical school. I kind of put that on the side table going, okay, that's always out there as an option, but it's a lot of money. It's a lot of time without pay. And I had kind of quite gotten used to the, the pay that was coming through um, with the engineering career and then into sales. So I decided to make a, uh, a pivot into medical sales. Um, specifically um, pharmaceutical that led into medical device. And I really enjoyed that realm because of the, um, the ability for me to help people and mm. to reach people and to make a difference in lives. Mm. Um, it was at that point that uh, <laughs> I was very, very happy in my, um, my career at that point, yet um, as life tends to do, I got thrown a very rude curveball in terms of my health falling off a cliff. Ouch. Yes. How did that how did it manifest? So it started out with the symptom of just complete and absolute insomnia. I was juggling three young kids mm. at the time. Mm. I absolutely loved my career. I loved my life. I felt completely fulfilled. Um, I had a very full plate that I kept kind of um, precariously adding to without the thought of trying to take things off of it. And one night I just, for the life of me, I still cannot determine why, but I could not sleep. And that led into another night of not being able to sleep and another. And after the fourth or fifth night, I um, went to the doctor as a complete zombie that was losing my mind and sure. in tears going sure. help. I don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. um, that led into uh, about a seven year journey of doctors and specialists and diagnoses and Band-Aid pills and all kinds of buckets that I was diagnosed in that never really seemed to fit or seemed logical to me. Even though I would try the protocols, I'd try the treatment, um, it never solidified with me or um, helped in any way. So it was a very lonely, disconnected time in my life. So it was insomnia. And yeah. typically after, I mean, if I just I take any of our listeners or viewers and just don't let you sleep for three days, then you will feel very, very interesting. There will be pains <laughs> in places that you didn't even know you had muscles in. Okay. Oh, yeah. Everything will hurt. Everything, your, your brain goes into this kind of zone. Now, if you're used to work in that zone as a emergency doctor, as a uh, policeman or special forces or soldier out there, then it, it takes some getting used to, but you can function in that. If you're just getting thrown into it just right now, because nature or the, the spaghetti monster thinks that is a good idea, that doesn't end well. So that's exactly the state where you are in at this moment in time. So yeah, and it was more than insomnia. As you mm. as you explained, your brain starts not working correctly. Mm. You get brain fog, and I got um, a myriad of additional symptoms besides insomnia. Um, I was diagnosed with just about every autoimmune disorder, mm. Lyme disease, mold, mm. illness, um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. just things that seem to have a little bit of correlation, mm. but not enough to make sense that this is what indeed what I was going through. And that, uh, in its own right, 
is hard because here you are a young mum. How old were your kids at that time? Uh, my youngest had just turned one, and then I had two twin three-year-olds as well. <laughs> Bloody hell. Okay, <laughs> so the ankle biters were <laughs> demanding <laughs> attention. Um, yeah. But mummy suddenly was in a very, very confused space, strange space, and then even probably a dark space because there you are within a few short days, your life has changed. And I mean, we both are in a generation and we both are kind of the same people. We are sort of, we define ourselves by what we have achieved, by we want to be out there. We want to be active and yay. So you strike me, I, I recognize myself in you quite a bit. So if I would now put myself into your brain, I would immediately feel guilt, shame. Why can't I be the, a, a good mother who kicks the ball around and makes perfect free course dinners for the children? When in reality, you barely can probably make a quesadilla or can barely make a, a you know, spaghetti on toast if you're lucky. <laughs> um, was that was there this were there these dark emotions coming in at that stage? Absolutely. And as someone who grew up in a household with a propensity towards negativity, it all came crashing back in. Um, I it was it, the interesting part was, though, I never lost hope. And that was the one beacon of light is that I always had a glimmer of hope. Even at, at the very darkest hour, I still felt like there was hope and there was more to fight for, and there was more that I hadn't figured out yet. And it was just, I just needed to find out what. Um, and that was very interesting to me. And it honestly, if I hadn't, if that glimmer had extinguished, I don't know that I would be here right now to be completely honest with you, because there were very many days where that's about all the positive I could explain that there was. What kept you going? Where did this uh, glimmer come from? Honestly, my, most likely my family and my kids. Um, I knew that, you know, I had brought them into this world and I needed to be there mm. and they needed their mom. And, you know, our family was very strong. It was, ex it was everything I'd ever wanted it to, to be. Mm. Um, and I needed to get my life back and get back into my health for them. The problem, of course, is that you had no bones sticking out of your arm there where everyone said, oh, you poor, poor girl. No, there was Jennifer who suddenly turned into this grumpy bitch who can't string two sentences together. Uh, and, and it's just weird. How did people, how did the grown-ups, so-called grown-ups around you um, respond to you? Yeah, that's um, a, a very interesting question because it's not at all what I would have expected. And as I explained to people what was going on, I got a lot of looks like, I don't believe you and yeah, whatever. Um, stop feeling sorry for yourself and just get over it. Yeah, life with little kids is hard. And I learned very quickly that I had a very small, and I mean small circle of people that I could trust and confide in. <laughs> about how I really felt and what was really going on. And to the rest of the world, um, just real quickly, I learned, hey, just suck it up and project this I'm fine attitude and um, you will not get criticized or judged. And that hurts. 
that yeah, feeling it, of it was tough of, isn't it so not only are you suffering are you truly suffering but you are suffering from the fact that no one believes you and i think that's so important to to spell out because that is the same for postnatal depression that is the same for many other chronic diseases that people just simply can't can't see and yeah. we are we have lost the ability to show compassion it is and that is something really 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 sad but that is a completely different topic but i just want to spell it out there guys if someone says something believe them if someone opens up to you they normally have the mask up and if they actually think that you are worthy to be let into that inner circle of trust then this is an honor for you don't fuck it up by then saying ah oh, no you're going to be fine take a concrete pill come on i had 18 children and it just i balanced the full career with that ha <laughs> bullshit <laughs> bullshit but that's that's often what comes across isn't it so it now is, I've, yeah. I, I, I just want to come across and give you a hug now for crying out loud because it is, yeah, no, no, no I've, I've been in that situation. You, you, be, you are in darkness and then people just give you bullshit and it's just, no, no. So there was a small group of people that actually did believe you and that helped you. Was your husband hopefully part of that group? Absolutely. He was the person. And uh, I owe a lot of where I'm at today because of him. So thank goodness that he always believed everything that I said. And my reality was, in essence, my life. Um, because what's in your head is truly what you're living. So and uh, just a way to learn compassion beyond what you ever thought possible is to go through something like this. Because now I feel compassion for just about everybody in every situation. Um, and I feel it so deeply. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> exactly. Same here, because you have seen the darkness. And yeah. it is, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll we come to that later in the show. <laughs> cool. So you're still in the darkness. I mean, you're what now? A few weeks, a few months into it. You have found out who your true friends are, and you can count them on one hand. You're yep. starting your journey from pillar to post to find solutions. You were saying the Band-Aid pills. Um, tell us a bit about that because that's part of your journey. There's every every doctor visit, you you build up hope and you think, oh, great, he has found it, and he come up with <laughs> with some name that you hadn't even understood and heard, and and finally there was this obscure illness that he's talking about. And you think, yeah, great, we've got it. Yeah, tell us about that journey. That was not the the most fun thing, but I you know I tried everything that was suggested um, and. It, I didn't put two and two together that, hey, there is no, you know, magical pill that's going to work. This is going to be kind of an aggregate of a lot of different things that are going to come together in the right way. Um, I tried the nutritional route. I tried mm. the supplement route. I tried mm. the pharmaceutical route. Um, I, you know, I would have stood on my head in a bucket of ice water if I thought that that would have helped at all. I mean, I literally tried everything out there that I could possibly do or that helped somebody else. Um, to mm. no avail. Mm. Um, and it, it just was like one thing after the other. I'm like, okay, I hadn't tried that before. So let's try mm. this. Mm. And um, it, it, 
it probably should have been more frustrating than it was, but I would get this sense of hope each time I would find something like, maybe this is it, you know, mm -hmm. that little mm -hmm. glimmer inside me that would just light back up again. Like, what if I found it? What if this is it? What if this is mm -hmm. what's going to get me back to where mm -hmm. I want to be? Um, but each time, unfortunately, it was not. <laughs> and I would just keep, you know, putting one step forward, one foot in front of the other and trying to mm -hmm. do the best I could. And that's hard because ultimately what you're doing is absolutely the right thing. Let's be quite clear. There are so many diseases out there who are chameleons. They present in all kind of weird and wonderful ways. Take a, a whole body complex regional pain syndrome, fibromyalgia, take uh, a Lyme disease, uh, take autoimmune diseases. Uh, they all can mess around with you. Lupus is the classic chameleon in the autoimmune uh, area. So, but there are so many rare diseases and complex diseases yeah. out there. So I think it's really, 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 really important, guys, that if you recognize yourself in the words of Jennifer, then please seek help, go to the GP. And if he says, nah, you're just fine, you're, just, you're making it up, then you know, hang on, no, 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 no. Wrong guy to talk to or wrong girl to talk to. No, seek help. And I think if, if you're with such a kind of complicated uh, disease, um, manifestation, then I think it's well worthwhile to go to someone who deals routinely with that. And I think this would be a rheumatologist um, or a, a, a natural health practitioner. I mean, I say that a doctor who has got the, the medical background, but who is now specializing in more a holistic uh, care. So these would be the, the two starters that I would probably seek out if I was in your shoes, Jennifer, uh, or if my, my, my wife started developing something like that. And I'm a little bit sad to hear your, your, oh, there is that, let's try that, didn't work. Oh, let's, let's try that, didn't work. I much rather would like to see someone who takes you apart and really assesses you and says, okay, there are these issues. We need to look after your sleep. Let's deal with the sleep and I teach you how to. Let's parallel to that, deal with your nutrition. Let's do that. And probably a gluten load doesn't really help you. So as part of me looking after your sleep, after your mood, let's also look after, uh, let's take the gluten out. These are the supplements you need. So you have a systematic approach. Rather, let's try that pill. Ah, oh, it didn't work. Let's try that pill. Ah, oh, it didn't work. So it's it's it would be nice to see a more holistic approach. But that's me uh, as a doctor after all my experiences, this is where I am today. Um, doctors are not necessarily cut out of that mold, is it? Yeah, unfortunately, doctors are taught to compartmentalize the body and the system, and not that everything works synergistically together to mm. create wellness. And I think that is that dissection of you know systems and body parts and um, processes, um, enzymes, whatever, is kind of a detriment to our medical system, not a help. Um, because, you know, even though they will work with each other, you know, passing along, well, this is what I tried, it wasn't that. Um, it's, it's, we're missing that root 
of wholeness um, to find like, mm. you know, that this didn't start in the liver or this didn't start in the heart. You know, mm. this is just kind of systemically happening and we exactly. need to piece all these things together. Exactly. Exactly. Right. And did, so initially you went to specialists. Did mm-hmm. you then come across someone who guided you like that? Or was that ultimately a realization of yourself? Um, that's a great question. Uh, um, I did find people that were more helpful than others. Um, they tended to be like, I, I found an acupuncturist that was great. Um, but it would never really, I, I would never really click into um, where I should be. And that was kind of a, you know, hey, what's going on? You know, th- this should be clicking back to health by now, but it, it wasn't. So I knew that there was just something that was still missing, um, some part that I still wasn't getting a grasp on. Mm. Um so this went on for about seven years. <laughs> I chased the cure. I chased the diagnosis um, for about seven years of my life um, until one day I was just, I just had it. And I, and I had it from my given up hope and I get, you know, I lost all um, will to, to fight this thing, but almost a perspective shift, like, Hey, this isn't terminal. You know, I have some days that aren't too bad. Um, what can I do to not be chasing this proverbial rabbit down the hole anymore and just take a step back. Um, and that's what I did. I took a step back. I pulled my life together as best I could. And I decided I was going to start um, uh, training as a life coach and try and get some semblance of being able to help someone that I could. Maybe it was one client at a time. Maybe it was one hour a week. I didn't know. But I was going to do something that was um, positive and for the betterment of not just myself, but other people. Beautiful, beautiful. And that's, you completely readjusted your perspective. You were initial for seven years, you were looking into the darkness and trying to make sense in the darkness. And then you said, okay, there's only so much you can do in looking in the darkness. I obviously didn't get very far. So let's focus on something different. And let's focus on on the light. the other piece of that is I was looking externally for someone to fix me Uh um, instead of looking internally at what could, what could I do? Um, And I believe that was the big, um, the the big shift and not only perspective that, you know, you're not going to find a solution external. you got to look within. And I think that that was the, um, the big aha when I was studying for my life coaching that like, whoa, maybe, you know, maybe there is something to all this. Wow. 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 And that's so powerful, isn't it? That actually you put yourself in a driver's seat. You start taking control. And that is the key thing to any recovery from addiction, from mental illness, mental lack of mental well-being, from physical well-being. You take control. And we see that, for example, as a as a anesthetist, sometimes there are patients who wake up after big spine surgery or big joint surgery, and we give them drugs left, right, and center, and they're still in agony. When we give them the control, for example, there are, there are machines that have a push-button machine. Yeah, so every yeah. time you press the button, you get some strong painkiller, a small dose into the vein. When you give these patients control by letting them push the button themselves, suddenly they see hope 
and their need for strong painkillers drops down quite considerably. So this 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 little bit of I am back in the driver's seat is such a powerful thing. Oh, absolutely. Isn't it? Yeah. And that is what we both are on about. It is taking action. In my book, My Steps to Sobriety, there is a, a huge chapter in there of micro habits. And these, these micro habits is basically of taking action. There's lots of action plans there for sleep, nutrition, for your mood, for exercise, for, for all these kind of things, all the kind of little things that when you add them up, lead to such a life of abundance that you just shake your head with hindsight and think, wow, I truly live this life now. I would have never imagined. But you are living this life now because you've done all these little steps of action. You lined the ducks, one little duck after the other. And now you've got a myriad of ducks, miles of ducks. <laughs> and it's amazing. It's bloody amazing. So there you are. You had, you were at that crucial, pivotal moment on your path where you said, okay, crossroads, where do I go? And you chose the light. You chose the action. You chose yourself. You looked into yourself for the strength. And then what yeah. happened? Yeah. So I, I came across a couple things in my studies, um, one being gratitude and the power of our thoughts, especially in alignment with gratitude. And the other thing um, being the, um, the power of our thoughts and our mindset and what we choose to focus and concentrate on. And I decided that, you know, I guess neuroplasticity uh, in huge part to that too. And I became absolutely enamored um, with the, the topic of neuroplasticity. I could not read enough. I could not get enough testimonials of what people were able to do with the power of their mind and their thoughts that I decided to use myself as a guinea pig and I was taking um, my root emotion, my emotional pillar was gonna be gratitude. And I was gonna bring in neuroplasticity techniques around that and feeling the feeling of gratitude and projecting into the future what I envisioned my health and my life looking like. And I kid you not, within days, my energy shot through the roof and my sleep improved. And within a month's time, all of my symptoms were gone. And I had this incredible zest for life that I had not felt even prior to being sick. <laughs> How beautiful is that? <laughs> it was amazing. I, but, you know, yeah. the scientist and the yeah. engineer within me thought, this isn't going to last. Oh, no, I <laughs> this know. This is just going to come crashing back down. So I, that's, that's a placebo, when I really... <laughs> placebo effect. Yeah. <laughs> and I it was. <laughs> I, 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 a few years back, uh, a friend of mine went into life coaching and uh, she had her first seminar and, uh, and she taught me about it. And I thought, oh God, no one will come. So I better turn up and support her. And uh, so there we were. And uh, a few people had turned up, so it was nice. And she made us do that one um, strange little play where we had to introduce um, ourselves to our next next person there. And we had three minutes to describe the life that we want to live and just spell it out in absolute minute detail what you want to do. Yeah. And so I did and my partner there did the same and then we continued. 
And maybe an hour later, she said, now we will do the second part of that exercise. And now I want you to be three years in the future. And I want you to describe your life in absolute minute detail. And I get bloody goosebumps here now as I'm describing it, because I turned around to this lady and started describing and suddenly I saw this life, this positivity, this, 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 this crazy, beautiful life. I saw it. I felt it. I felt lived it. in it. It was, I was there. Yes. And I just looked at this woman afterwards and said, what did just come out here? What just happened in me? And there was this, this, this powerful inside as if I had seen the light, as if, I, you know, this, this proverbial, uh, I don't know what you see, cliche in some films. That was exactly it. And yeah, it was yeah. my mind showing me the possibilities and, uh, and actually living it, already being there. And that is so powerful. So guys, oh, we're not yeah. talking mumbo jumbo here. This is very true, cool shit that your brain is able to do. But you have never been taught about it. And if you're a skeptic like me, then you would think, oh, come on, what a rubbish. They're bullshitting. Well, actually, no, nah, no, nah, no bullshit. Really true. Jennifer did it. Jennifer switched off a not so nice period in her life. And by refocusing and truly, truly working on herself, suddenly her life changed. Wow. And that was, that was, of course, you could, you could argue, you could argue all kind of devil's advocates here. You could say, well, anyhow, your disease, whatever it was, was burning out because that's sometimes what diseases do. That's fair call. Yes, uh, they, uh, a complex with Japan syndrome can burn out after some years, if you're lucky. Um, fibromyalgia can go away. Uh, maybe finally all those things that you had put in place, all those pills were finally catching up. You could argue until the cows come home. Huh. I rather would like to argue, as Jennifer does, that there are powers within us that we can harness that there is a strength within us that you have not even got a glimpse of. And this strength only comes out at the right times in your life. And when it comes out, oh boy, <laughs> there's nothing fucking stopping you. And that's, I think, is, is what happened to you, Jennifer. When did that occur? Yeah. When, when did that start to happen? Um, almost immediately. It mm. was uh, it was unbelievably mind blowing. Mm. And but how was, long ago was that? What are we talking? Oh, about four years. It's been about four years now since okay. I healed. Yeah. yeah, that's good. And placebo effect. If you're lucky, three months. If you're lucky, six months. That's really pushing it. So no, 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 no. This is not placebo. This is not wishful thinking. This is not anything like that. So Jennifer has made the switch. She is transformed. Yes. So. And Absolutely. And the placebo effect, there's a great book called The Placebo Effect by Joe Dispenza, who actually talks this through. And the placebo effect is, in essence, what I did. <laughs> um, the, the true belief with um, concise, absolute, in detail, intent, coupled with a strong emotion like gratitude, uh -huh. love, joy, um, and projected into the future is exactly how it's done. 
And that is um, what he describes in this book. Um, it, it's in the stories that he brings in, including his own story of mm. breaking his back in multiple places, was told he'd never got out, get out of a wheelchair. It was a miracle that he lived um, to the point now where he's walking around like he, nothing ever happened. And um, it's just, it's unbelievable the power that we can harness inside yeah. ourselves um, on, a, 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 on a cellular, on a... Um, yeah. Uh, uh, the micro level um, that, I mean, if you think of quantum physics and that we are 99.9% energy, mm -hmm. um, that this starts to make sense that, you know, our thoughts are energy. And if we want to feed negative energy into our bodies, just think of all the garbage we're collecting versus the positive, the light and the, the abundant energy mm -hmm. and what we're feeding into our bodies with that. Um, mm -hmm. it, it makes complete sense to me now. But back then I was just like, what is going on? Is this going to last? Exactly. Exactly right. And this is, you're so true. It is, for those of you out there who are already rolling your eyes and you're thinking, yeah, bullshit. Just remember the feats of survival that people show or do when their true life is at stake. There is, you think, ah, oh, my legs hurt, I can't walk anymore. Well, any any soldier who has done selection for special forces will tell you, nah, sorry, you, you think you're done? You think you're completely done? Oh, you're only 40%, okay? You, there is another 60% somewhere hidden. And that is the power that these people harness. And that's why they become a an elite soldier because they can harness that power. They get to that power and they can switch that on and hopefully off when they don't need it anymore. Those guys who can't switch it off end up in trouble as much. Uh, but a, again, PTSD and other stories. I think there is so much more to our brain, to that black box up there than you and I can even fathom. Oh we my are, goodness. Exactly. There is yeah. such a power hidden in us. And why not listen to people like Jennifer who were starting to scratch on the surface and suddenly a little little bit of mask or a little bit of crap fell off and you sort of look in there and you think, what the heck? What did I just come across? And that's where we all are on that path. That path of recovery as far as of, of addiction is concerned. That path is very similar to Jennifer's path where addiction probably didn't play a big role, but there, the, the suffering was hugely there. And suddenly she found the power to change that. I found the power to live a life where addiction, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm biologically, I'm an alcoholic, an alcoholic and I just so happen to not drink, but I'm now so much more. I'm this new man who has created a life, a meaningful life, a life where I can live authentically, where I can be grateful and truly mean it, rather than just say, I oh, really, I ought to be grateful and make a long list of things that I'm grateful for. And in my heart, I think, what a heap of shit. Uh, none of that. Not that kind of uh, false thing, but actually the true belief, the true conviction, the, the real, real deep inside saying, yes, I will create that new life. And, and you take steps and my steps were probably a bit different than Jennifer's, but we both took steps and that led us on this path. And we're still on that path. 
I mean, four years down the line, you are probably now a very, very different woman compared <laughs> with even, even three years ago, three and a half years ago. So how is your journey now? What are, what is, what are the, the, the paths? What is the windy path that you're on? Yeah, it's, it's, it's been a whirlwind. So when I first realized this, um, I kind of dove into a lot of the research before I truly believed what had happened really did. Um, and I, I, after a lot of research and digging and sourcing, I decided that, okay, this truly did happen. And the, these thoughts and these, this mindset stuff really is as powerful as people are describing it to be. So I decided to start a company around gratitude um, I founded gratitudemission.org. Um, I created a product and I took that to market. Mm. And um, I use that still to this day to um, show people how to embrace gratitude and make it a part of your day and your habits and something that you visually remind yourself constantly that you of all you do have versus our tendency to focus on what we don't have. Tell us about that product. I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. Yeah, it's called the Growing Gratitude Tree, and it's a vinyl wall decal that you stick to your wall, and you just, um, on a daily basis, you write things you're grateful for to the leaves of the tree, and you create a full uh, tree of all that you have in your life, so that every time you pass by it, you're reminded of all the abundance that you have, and it shifts you out of the lack mentality into the, I have so much, I'm so grateful mentality. <laughs> What a beautiful idea. What a beautiful, beautiful idea. Now that's cool. That's cool. And of course, things change. So guys, be prepared to use a, uh, a not a permanent marker, um, but rather a marker that you might actually say, mm, okay, and take pictures of that. Because what you're now grateful for right now, that in a year's time, it will be so different. Um, yeah. That is, that's where the power of journaling comes in and the power of, of actually uh, documenting your story and writing your thoughts down. Because if you are on this path, they will change because you will change. Trauma comes in layers and healing comes in layers. So therefore, whilst you're stripping one layer and draining the pus and letting the wound heal, then, you know, at that time, you're grateful for something. And then, then yeah, a year down the line, you've discovered a new trauma or life has thrown you a new trauma. And you become this new version of yourself, hopefully a better version, because you don't want to go back to the dark side. On the contrary, you, you have seen the dark side and you have tried to deal with it. In my case, I tried to use alcohol and to numb the pain and I figured after a long time it didn't work. Out of interest, were you tempted when you're in, a, in such a foggy, I can't sleep? I mean, a joint would have gone down like a treat or, <laughs> or uh, you know, a bottle of red wine. Oh, thank you very much. That would have probably done the trick, wouldn't it? Yes, um, I, I, I dabbled in that a little bit, but it didn't numb to the point where I was happy. So I, um, I tended to just, you know, shun people and shun life and sleep a lot. And um, that was kind of my, um, uh, my uh, I don't know if I want to call it a demon, but I was shutting people out and shutting the world out. So I guess it was um, um, and obviously didn't work. I was just trying to ignore the pain and hope that it would go away. Exactly. Um, yeah. 
And that's the typical thing that we do, isn't it? It yes. is. And we don't want to show our true self that coming back to what you said earlier in the show, you really uh, do this, this pretend, oh no, it's everything is fine. That's just life is good. Life is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Bullshit. And deep inside. So therefore, whatever happens deep inside, you don't let it out. And then it becomes its own problem. Uh, the darkness, because the, you know, the, the way you deal with it, the unhealthy way, how you deal with such a challenge that yeah. is there. Your body wants to stop the pain and it takes anything. And even if it is only a temporary relief, it will take it. And that's the, the tricky thing. Yeah, God. I almost um, I, I describe it almost as like a, a dark cancer within you, even though if it's not cancerous, it's still in there and it's affecting you um, on a daily basis. And it needs you, you can't hold it in. You have to let go because mm, um, anything, any emotion that's not let go of can cause mm. all kinds of problems. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's why we are having this show. That's exactly <laughs> it. And virtually every every guest who I've had on this show will say, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. she is right. So, guys, 150 interviews so far. And if everyone of these guests is nodding, including the show host, is nodding, there's probably something there. It's just on balance, I would say, yeah. <laughs> so, guys, maybe listen. Maybe see see if we can learn something from numbnuts like Jennifer and me who uh, were in the dark places, who are now in very, very different place and are, are enjoying life. So maybe maybe there's some things that, that you guys can learn from us. And how could you do that better than actually listening a bit more closer to what Jennifer is doing? So, and in order to do so, Jennifer has got a few social media handles where can people find you? Yeah, so um, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm under Jennifer Garman on LinkedIn. Um, you can also find me on Facebook. Um, I, I go by my um, my author page on Facebook, which is um, my book is entitled Flourish, um, Seven Ways Gratitude Can Transform Your Life. And I have an author page on Facebook as well as Instagram where my handle is grateful to the letter, uh, the number two, great. Beautiful. Have a look down there into the description of the video and uh, of the podcast. You will see the social media handles there. Otherwise, go to My Steps to Sobriety, my website, where you can find more information on Jennifer uh, and her handles there as well. And it is so beautiful to listen to you, Jennifer. You are a, a force of nature. You have transformed into this ball of energy and it is amazing. So I wonder what else will come out uh, through you, what what else the universe is channeling through you. Uh, there is, uh, you're not just stopping there right now. Okay, that's Jennifer, I've done that now. So now it's get boring again. No, that's, that's what happens to us us we once you're on that path you can't stop it's like an addiction in its own right i'm addicted to yeah. life nowadays yes, i'm utterly yes. in a good way exactly and this is oh don't don't I, I sometimes i don't want to sleep because there is so, the life is so beautiful i want to be so out there and change the world transform it leave my mark write another book, have another interview, but you've just done the 12, 16 hours. You need to sleep. 
oh, but yeah. let me do, let me do more. And that is the, the jest for life. That's what I want you guys to, to experience because it's beautiful. It's absolutely yeah, I, beautiful. I describe it as passion on crack. <laughs> if anybody can allude to that, it's just passion to the exponential. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And that's exactly. So guys, guys, we have been able to transform ourselves from the darkness to, into the light. Whatever you are going through, whatever you are listening to that podcast and watching that video, there is hope out there. You're not alone to start off with that. Whatever you're going through, other people are going through the same. Even if they go through different trauma, the flow on effects and the, the maybe not so great ways of coping with the challenges, they are still the same. Okay. So you are not alone. And there is hope out there. That is so beautiful. Jennifer, you always had that glimmer of hope. I had lost that hope. But Luckily, people around me helped me to get to a place of healing. And then once I started to see there the glimmer of hope, then there was no stopping. Then there was no, it, yeah, there is no stopping until I die. I will always choose to become a better man. And I love that journey. And I so want to invite you guys out there to come along. Wherever you are on your path, there is very much, you're right now, you're on, on the crossroads right now because you're here, you're listening to us. You choose where you go. You write the next chapter of your story. Jennifer, I'm so, so grateful that you joined me today uh, on my show. It is, it's, you're such a beautiful, beautiful soul. You're such a beautiful ball of energy. Please do not change. Well, actually do change become an even bigger energy source and draw draw people into it and, and shine the light so that others see a little bit of a glimmer of light in their darkness. For that oh, well, I truly for that I truly commend you and, and I'm grateful that that people like you are out there and and thank you for coming onto my show. Well, thank you. I have immense gratitude for being here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> and you guys out there, stay strong and look after yourself. Bye.